Hi, and welcome to People of PJC, a project of the Pikesville Jewish Congregation. Being that these days we cannot host each other for Shabbat meals, our hope is that we will share in this space stories that we would usually share around our Shabbat tables so that we can continue to grow with each other and as a community. My name is Yechiel Schaffer. I'm the rabbi of the Pikesville Jewish Congregation, found in Baltimore County, Maryland. Our young community has grown over the last decade into a 150-member strong congregation with passionate and accomplished professionals and many ordinary people with extraordinary stories to share. It's in this space we're going to share some of those stories. Today, I share with you my conversation with Joan and Steve Isaac. The Isaacs have a vivacious love of life, are so easy to talk to, and I found myself deeply moved by the chat I had with them. I hope you will be moved too. Joan and Steve, it's so great to spend a few minutes with you. Thank you so much for making time. If I could ask you just to, I guess, introduce yourselves and share with us something that we may not know about you. You want to go? Sure. Sure. So um, I'm a um, Baltimore County public school teacher. I work at Parkville Middle School as a seventh grade special educator and an inclusion program. I've been at that school for 18 years and I've been in Baltimore County teaching for 28. And I've been teaching pretty much my whole life. I started off doing Hebrew school in seventh grade, and I worked at um, Hass for Special Children. So I've done a lot of teaching. I currently do some tutoring in the neighborhood, which I'm really enjoying. It's really nice to interact with people in the community and help out. I do a lot of, it's just something I really, really enjoy is, uh, is teaching. Joan, did you always want to be a teacher? I did. I did. I think um, it has a lot to do with my brother. My brother was five years younger than me, and he um, was an individual with Down syndrome. We were always very close. Um, in fact, um, something that people of the show may not know about me is that at one point, um, he came down to live with us. Unfortunately, he, um, he contracted um, leukemia and was very, very sick. We needed a place there he could get good treatment. So he came down to Baltimore, and he had a valiant fight with leukemia for three years. I can honestly say that he enriched the community so much during that three years. And then we, unfortunately, when he lost his battle, one of the ways that we, one of the things we did was um, we started a blood drive in his memory. Um, and we did that for many years. Hmm. Yes. I hope, to, I hope to talk with you a little bit more about that a little bit later. Uh, Steve, in, in, introduce yourself, please. Okay, well, let's see. I'm currently a social worker working for uh, a company that does case management for, um, for everything to deal with medical. Um, I wasn't always a social worker, and you, I guess you asked um, a little bit about something that people don't know about me. Uh, a couple things, one, two things. One, I was a assistant buyer in junior dresses for Macy's. Wait, wait, um, slow down for a second. Wait, who's, yeah. who's coming in? 
No, that was sugar. No, yeah. she's she's been sent away. Oh, sorry, that was the dog. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> not a problem. Dog sorry. is not allowed to be part of, part of it's people of PJC. Sorry. We'll have a whole other episode for animals of PJC. Okay. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Interesting. Who who makes the cut? Okay, sorry, Steve. Say that again. You worked as a sales associate. No, I worked as an assistant buyer for junior dressers at Macy's. I went through their executive training program in New York and I was an assistant buyer and um, I left Macy's and worked in banking for a while. And then after, um, and then I, after taking care of Joan's brother, I left my job at a, at a mortgage company to take care of him. And I said, I couldn't, after he passed away, I couldn't go back to doing marketing. So I decided to become a social worker and help people that way. You also left out that you were a stay-at-home dad. Oh, yeah. I was a stay-at-home dad for two years with my, both my children. Um, so I have a unique appreciation for everything that parents do, as well as particularly people who stay home with their kids. So I, I, um, I did that as well. So I've had a very background um, a little bit. So, But um, being a social worker is my third career, yes. <laughs> Yeah, I'm surprised we've gone this far in the conversation without you mentioning Pittsburgh. Do you, would you like me to? Please, just explain your connection to Pittsburgh. Okay, so I was born and bred in Pittsburgh, and actually Joan and I met in Pittsburgh. We met at the University of Pittsburgh, where we were both going to college. We met in Hebrew class. We both took Hebrew 1. I took Hebrew Joan, 1. Joan, did, did, did Steve have a good uh, pickup line in Hebrew? Uh, no, he was sleeping in the back because he really shouldn't have been taking Hebrew one, and the teacher moved him forward next to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and, and that I was had it. Twelve years of day school, and I was taking Hebrew one, where they teach you how to read Hebrew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you were doing that to uh, to meet Joan, I would, I assume. Well, if you, it's an interesting story. If you, um, the story is that. It is a very large campus. Even back then, there was 35,000 kids on Pitt's campus, approximately three, I guess it was two and a half, 3,000 Jewish kids, you know, and the only place that you can meet them would be um, in, the only place you can meet them, the dog's back. The only Sugar's place, back. Yeah. The only place you could meet other Jewish kids, particularly Jewish women, um, was in Hebrew class. Um, more shidduchs came out of Hebrew one than any other class, I think. <laughs> and I have a couple of friends who met their wives there as well. So how many times did you take Hebrew 1? I took it all the way through Hebrew 4, but... No. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I took it all the way through Hebrew 4. It, it was five credits of A. of A, but in all fairness, she knew that, like, my background wasn't as strong in Hebrew. I had Hebrew day school. No, I didn't have a Hebrew day school, but I went to Hebrew Sunday school. But she knew that most people coming into the class had some background, and she essentially taught you to read Hebrew in, like, three weeks. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, so yeah, she was a she was a, a, a sergeant, but she was very good. <laughs> she was Israeli, and she. That's why she moved. That's why she moved Steve from the back up to the front. So I was when she says I was sleeping. I was literally sleeping in the class, and she moved me up. <laughs> that is not a joke. That is not an exaggeration. I, I uh, after seeing you in shul sometimes, I'm not surprised. Um, <laughs> although it's been a while, so who knows? Um, <laughs> now, now I what I need to know is just move you near the front, and you'll stay awake. Right. Um, okay, Steve, I want to unpack a little bit more 
um, some of the things that you mentioned in a little bit your background. You mentioned very subtly that uh, you had left you left banking. Correct. And and why did you do that again? Because I left. I was I went I was in banking. I worked for State Employees Credit Union here. Um, I worked for a mortgage company here, and then. I left the mortgage company to take care of Joan's brother when he was sick. So I left because it made sense because actually this is going to sound really strange, but Joan had the better benefits. So she continued to work and I left my job and I took care of uh, her brother all for, for, I guess a good, I guess two years, year and a half, two years. And, um, I took, you know, took care of him, took all of his appointments and so forth. And after experiencing that, I could not go back to, you know, marketing and pushing um, mortgages or banking products. It was just not as fulfilling. So I went back and became, I went back to graduate school and became a social worker and started off at the, uh, at, at the oncology center at Hopkins then went over to the pediatric intensive care unit at university of Maryland and then to the geriatric psych unit uh, at University of Maryland. And then um, I started working for the company I'm working for now called Pinnacle Care, uh, which basically does soup to nuts for anybody, fee for service to manage their health care. I don't mean by like an insurance company. We find doctors, we collect uh, um, records, we go to appointments, uh, we give them, we're called a, a private health advisory the same way people would go to a uh, investment person to get advice on investments uh, or go to a lawyer for legal advice. People pay fees for us to go uh, for their health advice and, and anything from, you know, what doctor to go to or when they're traveling overseas, we help them out in emergency situations. Hmm. The, 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 the wards of the departments that you ended up working on that there's nothing not intense about all of those departments you know you didn't you tell them at the hospital or yeah 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 I what mean, was that experience like the oncology department was very the floors i should say was very intense because you know one of the doctors said to me there are no atheists in foxholes or, or oncology um floors hmm. Um, is what he said, because, you know, you're dealing with people who are dealing with life-threatening situations on a regular basis. Um, you know, you know, I, I have, I had patients who passed away on me who I would go home for the weekend and they would be gone, uh, Monday. Um, and I'd come back, I'd ask what happened and they had passed away. So you deal with those situations, um, pretty much on a daily basis, you know, working in the pediatric intensive care unit on the peds floor at, at university of Maryland, it was very intense as well because you're dealing with sick children and very upset parents. But one of the things that I had to deal with, and I guess anybody in an inner city hospital deals with, is there's a lot of child protective services involved with kids who are abused, um, kids who are in very um, poor living situations who ended up in the hospital. So, had, you know, I worked, I worked with child protective services, police, and also all a variety of different services to make sure that these kids were well taken care of. And then I went to the geriatric psych unit, which was, yeah, that was a very unique situation um, because you, you dealt with a lot of families under stress there as well for the fact that they either have um, an older person who is, has mental illness or dementia. 
and they end up in the hospital because the family can't deal with it. The medical team would balance their medications and myself as a social worker, make sure they had the services they needed when they were um, discharged. Not to embarrass you guys at all, but I, I think it's worth um, just kind of pointing out and just recognizing how extraordinary it is, Steve, that you stopped your career to take care of your brother-in-law. I'm not doing that to, to offer praise or to embarrass you. Um, just to point out that uh, it's extraordinary. Joan, I, in the three years that I've known you, your brother is, is very present still in your life. I, I can tell that um, he's still very much part of, part of your life. Um, I was wondering if you could just take a minute just to talk about his life and, and um, why he's still so present with you and what he, what he means to you. Sure. Um, I was very close with my brother. He was the most normal individual with Down syndrome that you could have. He had a job in a sheltered workshop. He had a girlfriend. He had a bowling uh, league. Um, he had a social group. Um, but at the same time, he wasn't, he wasn't incredibly verbal. He, he had serious um, limitations, intellectual limitations. Um, but he also was very kind very honest. Um, he brought out the best in people. Um, and when he became sick, it was, it was really devastating. When he was in Philadelphia, um, it's just a horrible experience. The doctors basically said they weren't going to treat him, um, for chemotherapy. And we asked why, and they said, well, he's not an adult. He can't make decisions. And I said, well, children are treated all the time with chemotherapy. And they said, well, they'll become productive members of society. Mm. And I, I, after I restrained my husband from walking over and punching the doctor, um, literally, um, I turned to my parents and I said, we're done here. We're done. And we moved down to, we moved him down to Baltimore. We had always planned on him coming and living with us. Um, we had started looking at sheltered workshops and what it would mean for him to be an adult here in our home. And, um, and we were just, we were just, it's time to move him. And thankfully we have John Hopkins and there are many resources. And we never at Hopkins ever encountered anyone that questioned his um, vitality, his, his, his strength. After he passed away, I, we felt that he used a lot of blood products and I felt that we, Hopkins had a, 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 um, a policy that they wouldn't ask any family members to donate blood we while were, someone's being treated. So I felt that I, that we needed to replace all the blood products that he used while he was sick. So we, we ran a blood drive for 13 years to replace those blood products, which we collected over, I guess it was almost 2000 pints of blood during those 13 years. And we had one of the, um, we had one of the highest, um, new blood donor, um, we would run blood drives and we would pull in high school students. Um, we had middle schoolers volunteering. Um, we literally had, during that time, we had kids that would tell us that they started in first grade being in the babysitting group, moving up to being, helping out volunteering, moving up to giving blood. And those people still give blood today. So it's really... The people that helped us when we first started it were our friends. They were people that had helped us cook meals, helped us get him to the hospital, um, sat with us at, you know, um, Shabbos tables with him. And 
really had spent a lot of time with Danny and they were just as committed to this blood drive as we were. And that's what made it um, just so amazing. The, the community support we got for the blood drive was unbelievable. We had um, many, many sponsors, many, many sponsors, many people that helped it happen. And um, even the, the Red Cross workers um, would um, sign up. They would, they would request to, to, work, be, to, work, on a, to work on a Sunday. And I had one woman, she said, oh, I almost didn't get in. I, I had to pull some strings so I could come this year. <laughs> Last year that we did it, um, Natan ran it. And it was uh, part of his bar mitzvah. It was... It was That's the so summer of his bar mitzvah, and he actually um, designed the T-shirt. He contacted Marvel Comics and got permission to use a Marvel comic logo, but the American Red Cross shot it down. <laughs> so, uh, but but he worked really hard oh, on that yeah. drive. That's very special. Yeah, yeah. We Joan can, and we Steve. Joan and Steve. I want to take the last few minutes together. Um, I've, I've asked everyone that we've done this with uh, to reflect a little bit on the last couple of months. Um, I know the both of you. We could talk for hours, but I, I do want to take the last minute um, just to ask the both of you uh, what what have you been thinking about through this experience? Well. I think first we have to be very grateful. Um, Steve and I are both able to work from home. Our kids were able to finish up school from home. Um, so I'm very, very, um, you know, just blessed that, we, that we've been able to do that. Um, I've learned that I have a lot of books in my house. Um, <laughs> I have started a um, Labyrinth Road library um, and I'm lending out books to neighborhood children because I have an extensive children's literature library. And I actually have a lot of, um, uh, books, adult books that um, I've been lending out. And I've kind of made connections with people that I haven't before. I've known who they are and I'm friendly, but um, conversations about books and um, it's been, that's been kind of nice. Let's see. Um, I guess about this time is twofold. One is you realize how fragile life is because you know, you, you, we know a couple of people who were touched by someone passing away from 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 the virus, as well as you know, you, you talk. You, there's 125,000 people who passed away. I mean, this is not you know a minor thing that we're talking about. This is a major thing, and it can be caught at any time by anybody, and there's no treatment. So that's one of the. It's very fragile. The other thing that. I'm contemplating is that, you know, we got to spend a lot of time with our kids and that like anything, there's good and bad to that. But, but I mean, I mean, we're actually, I mean, I don't think we could have spent this, these last few months, particularly when my kids came home early from college uh, with them because they would have been out doing other things. They, cause they don't want to be with their parents and I don't blame them, but, um, but, <laughs> but they, you know, they, they're, you know, they're young adults, but because they're trapped in the house with us, you know, we were able to have conversations, you watch different shows together, you know, talk about different things and have adult conversations. I mean, they're young adults now. They're not, you yeah, know, they have very strong opinions on a lot of things yeah, from politics to religion to, you know, things they like, you know, things they don't like for dinner as well, but you know, everything, every, everything, I mean, that's what it is. And, and, but you're having these conversations with them as adults that, you know, we probably wouldn't have had if they were back in college or if they had jobs this summer because their jobs fell through. Um, you know, it's, 
it, you know, it, 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 it's an opportunity that you don't get very often and probably won't miss. I think yeah. we're going to have more trouble. I mean, obviously no one wants the pandemic. No one wants to be trapped in our houses, but I think it will be a real um, learning process when they leave. It's going to be hard not having them around. Yeah, I agree. Amir Tashem, everyone will be healthy. Please, God, uh, we'll see an end to this soon. But um, it, we, we've learned a lot of lessons, I think, from this experience and continue to reflect upon, uh, as you said, Steve, how fragile and how precious life is. Okay, Joan and Steve, thank you so, so much for spending the time. Um, it is obviously difficult these days to find uh, 30 minutes just to chat, um, but it is really uh, always wonderful to talk to the both of you. I'm really excited to uh, share some of these stories with our community. Um, and please, God, next time we're at Shul, um, next time we have a Kiddush, whenever that may be, um, someone should come up to Joan and, and ask her what she's reading and, and what can they be reading from a library, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you don't have to wait to Kiddush. Uh, if you want to email Joan and, and get re- reading recommendations, I'm sure I'm sure you would be happy to offer them, right? Absolutely. All right. Joan and Steve, please send my best to your kids and uh, we'll be in touch. Take care. Take care. Thank you, Joan and Steve. How wonderful it is always to speak with them. Uh, Right at the end there, uh, they shared that their favorite part, uh, one of the things that they're reflecting most on is the time they've gotten to spend with their children. And so I want to surprise everyone here with a little bonus addition to this episode Uh, I had the opportunity to have a few minutes with Debbie and Natan Isaac, Steve and Joan's children. Uh, Both college students, Natan has just graduated and Debbie is in the middle of her studies. And uh, I had a wonderful conversation with them that I share with you now. Okay, uh, surprise edition uh, for this episode of People PJC. We have here also uh, Natan and Debbie Isaac, um, uh, Steve and Joan's kids. So I asked as a little surprise to Steve and Joan to include them on the People PJC um, and to have them uh, introduce themselves. So guys, introduce yourselves quickly and then we'll just have a, a quick chat um, about your lives in the Isaac family. Alrighty, so I'm Debbie. Um, I'll be 20 in September. Um, I'm a rising junior at Muhlenberg College, studying psychology, and yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm Natan, going to be 22 this month. Happy birthday, Natan. Thank you. I recently graduated Muhlenberg with a degree in physics and theater. Uh, So Two majors that usually go together pretty easily. Very, very well went together. I had a lot of overlapping classes. It was... (laughs) It was kind of just like it was there, so why not take it? It's good to be in college. So, oh, I'm going to miss it. Yeah, I hear it. Okay, so wait, nothing. you just graduated, right? Yeah, I'm done. I'm graduated. You had one of those online graduations. Yeah. Fair. Both, both, of, you moved, both of you moved to online school the, you know, the last couple of months, right? I think the biggest adjustment was just like the four of us being home for the first time in two years together all the time. That's so nice. Yeah. Um, I know, I know how much it meant to your parents. Yeah. Um, I think that was one of their, one of their big takeaways of the last couple of months. How nice it, how nice it has been to have the two of you around. Um, so quickly, I, I want the two of you just to think about just to share with our audience. 
one thing that you've been thinking out, thinking about through this experience and being in the stage of your life and being in college or being graduated from college, you guys are in a very, very much in a thinking place. Yeah. Um, your job is to be thinking. So uh, what's this experience been like for you guys? And uh, what are you thinking about? Yeah, no, for sure. I think that uh, obviously coming home from school was definitely an adjustment. But I think the main thing that I've been taking away from all of this, like despite the different situations and everything going on is that like how lucky I, we are to be in the position that we are. Like both of our parents kept their jobs. We were able to still maintain some normalcy um, while being in this situation, but also like we're learning new things about ourselves as a family, like that we would never have learned any other way. Like I know my mom and I are like, taking on the project of like redoing our basement decorating wise. Um, and like, we're doing like home, like DIYs and stuff like that. Like I started making bread as a family or like Moti shop. It's like, it was like homemade pizza night now. Like it's different things like that, that I think that obviously, unfortunately it took a pandemic to get to. Um, but I think that like, I really can't, like you have to look at the positive side of it all. Um, obviously like the whole situation is getting my brains turning of like, all different things, but I think there's definitely two ways to look at it. Um, and I think with the help of my parents and also just like the community, um, we've all come together um, in a really positive manner and helping each other out and just enjoying the company that we do have, keeping safe, keeping together. Yeah. Natan. So I I look at what, what I've learned in two, two areas. One, what I've learned about the world that that mentality that you can do it alone and you can do you can survive on your own you can know you don't need anyone's help is just a fallacy like everyone needs everyone no one can go it alone and everyone is connected in some way even if you think you're by yourself you're somehow you're affecting someone else especially now especially with the pandemic but it's just we see all these things like me and my family are more fortunate that we didn't lose our jobs but it's there are people out there who are really struggling right now that it's our job to help them and it's our job to do something. No matter what your situation right now, you got to be inside. And and I realized that some that for some people it drives them nuts to just be inside. This some people will just go out just to go out. And I realized that for me, I need a reason to go out. Like I'm not just gonna go on a walk aimlessly. I need I need like oh we're gonna go to this place. We're gonna go to Target. Cool. Let's go to Target. Oh, we're going to go walk the dog. Let's go walk the dog. It can't just be, let's just go out. And I need to have some purpose in that. You need a destination. Yeah, I need a destination. A destination or a mission. Exactly. And I think that that's really what I did. Like, it made me realize that about myself and many other things. Like, I can't just aimlessly do something. One last question for the both of you. What do you hope will be true about the world after this whole thing is over? I think nothing touched on is just like that no matter I think something interesting about this pandemic is that no matter socioeconomic status no matter who you are in this world like you're not immune from corona like you can get it from no matter what and that we're all connected in a way um and I think that hope hopefully that translates past this pandemic of that we really are one human race and that we are one again one human race that like affects one another um whether it's the people who you live with in your household or the people who deliver your mail like whatever it may be like we are all connected in a way that 
I don't think we've really realized um, up until this. Um, but I think that I hope that connection between one another um, continues and we continue to see like, this, not only during a pandemic, but our healthcare professionals always put their lives on, at risk. And like, there's so many other things going on in this world that I think that it's important to look at far beyond the global pandemic of it all, but just as the human, a human race that like we all globally are interacted and personally interacted. Uh, for me, I, I really hope that we take a hard look at health, especially in the U.S. I think we need to realize that health is a public issue and should be dealt publicly. Um, I think we need to realize that sometimes having things tied to jobs is not always the best thing, as though even though it was started as, the, started as a good thing, it's not always the best thing to have something tied to your job. So I think we need to really reevaluate our entire healthcare system as a whole because we clearly there's something wrong with the US because there's something that other countries are able to do that we're not able to do. That's what I'm gonna vote for you in November. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm gonna write you in, Nathan. <laughs> All right, guys. Nathan and Danny, thank you so much for making just a few minutes uh, for this special surprise uh, addition to the Isaac People PJC episode. Um, and uh, guys, keep your eyes out for Nathan and Debbie. Uh, they're in a great place uh, starting their lives, starting their careers. They're going to do great things. Great job, guys. Thank you, Debbie and Natan, for spending a few minutes with me. Um, the Isaacs, indeed, are a very special family, and it's special for us while we remain in these challenging times to share a conversation with two college students who have so much to look forward to, who have so much ahead of them. People of PJC is a project of our community, the Pikesville Jewish Congregation, where we will begin, where we begin sharing our stories and we listen to each other like we would around the Shabbat table. I'm Yechiel Schaffer, the rabbi of the Pikesville Jewish Congregation. To learn more about our community and to listen to other episodes, visit pikesvillejewish.com or subscribe to this podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. This has been a, a project of the members of our community, the people of PJC.